So we'll return to our reading in Richard Crayler's novel, How to Live Like a Bear. I think <laughs> we left off on page 40. Was it was it that or uh, was it the Sapolsky shed? It was one or the other. Last week got real sciencey. Yeah, it did. And it's going to, and it's going to do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'll get into this, uh, really deep territory where we're touching on some, uh, really complicated stuff and some, you know, sobering stuff and some, you know, some outlooks on these things that are, uh, you know, tough to chew on and, uh, you know, give you a new perspective on it. And, uh, tonight's not going to be any of that. It's not going to be any of that. We're going to be going through just ridiculousness today. Yeah. Cause, um, I can say that hands down, there is no line of work in this world that has better stories than this one. Agreed. I mean, even like traveling circus people, not even. There's a big overlap actually with psychiatric hospitals and traveling circus people. <laughs> right. That Venn diagram is a circle, my friend. Completely fat, flat circle, like <laughs> half of it's shaded gray. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we, we've kind of drawn up uh, some of our favorite stories that we can remember, uh, you know, not for lack of trying and for lack of blows to the head, but... Um, I do want to say that uh, I don't ever want to make fun of the patients, but sometimes we're going to laugh at the patients. It's going to happen. And if you and if you can sit here with a straight face and say that you work in this line of work and you don't laugh at the patients, you're a goddamn liar. It's almost a defense mechanism at some point. Pretty much. Yeah. You tell me you're not laughing at what the, some of these psychotic patients are doing. You are lying to my face. And you know, it's not that it's funny it's not like coming out of that little tiny black heart it's just it happens in the moment and sometimes it's just what else can you do yeah i mean you just you react to it because it's just in the moment so real and so funny and it's just an experience that you can't get doing anything else so i got in the car with jody tonight and he told me that he had a story of something that happened and he did not tell me about it he wanted to wait till we were on the air so he could get a genuine reaction out of me. What uh, do you got? Uh, so listen, I'm going to keep teasing this because this is not a good story to start the show with. Oh, no? No. That good, huh? I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great story, but I think that... We'll get to it. We're going to get to it, yeah. We'll get to it. I do got to say that uh, one time, um, right when Jody was finished with nursing school, and I, and I want to say it was like his last week of being a tech before he changed color scrubs and he was in the nurse's station. He, I came in and he had picked up an overnight shift all by himself on the psychotic unit. And I came in and he had, I don't know, seven or eight claw marks <laughs> down his face from the forehead to the chin. True story. Yeah. And he just handed me the clipboard and said, here you go. 
I'm done. <laughs> no report? No report. Just, I'm done. She's over there. <laughs> that one. Over there. Uh-huh. You, you know. I know. I know, who I'm, I know who I'm talking about. We both know. <laughs> yeah. You know, too. <laughs> I, you know, and truly, every time I see her, you know, sometimes we... So, this is Martha, and we get... Um, Tea party, Martha. Sometimes tea party, Martha. Every other admission or so, and then we get fist throwing, Martha. God, and she comes in just mad and disorganized, and she's you know borderline is just as anyone you've ever seen, super manipulative. Mm-hmm. And you know it ended up in, in a hold that night, <laughs> maybe the ugliest hold I've ever been involved in. I could tell. Well, you know, she's a big girl, so, and and she starts swinging on this other lady who, (laughs) she didn't even provoke her at all. Probably minding her own business. Yeah, exactly. Eating a banana at like 3 a.m. in the morning. The nerve. And I guess she's offended, you know, because now some, like 2% of my attention is distracted off of her. How dare you? Right. Goes into this whole rage. Starts throwing fists. It's just fist throwing Martha on this, on this admission. Yeah, I remember so it ends up stumbling in this this weird stumbling kind of stop hitting her and me falling and her dragging and me her clawing and me holding and it ends up on the floor in a prone hold and it's just horrible and ugly and I'm just trying to get her to not hit me and of course she then spits in my face. Of course she does. I think she had Mexican food that night. Is it the the green enchiladas or the red ones? It was, it was horrible. Oh my god. So that was, uh, I think that was one of the, the funniest times I, I, I had with Jody, at least coming in to relieve him. Uh, there, there was one time, and this story was brought to my attention earlier this week, uh, Jody and I were working the floor together. He was a nurse, I was a tech. And we have two male patients, uh, early 20s. And one is really, really, really hood really thug dangerous he will get you and he's not gonna he's not gonna spend an hour talking shit about it before he does it he's just gonna take you down <laughs> right. yeah he's the real deal and then patient b is this sort of hillbilly are you am i jogging your memory on this story yet no you, i think i know you'll pick it up in yeah. a second it's kind of this hillbilly who's always comes in responding to internal stimuli and he's hearing voices and he's and he's talking to these voices and he sounds like the banjo player from deliverance and he's he, uh, this poor kid he's always getting his ass kicked because he's so clueless for no good reason i mean he's like just ambivalent to everything i've, I've seen their i've seen good reason <laughs> to have his ass beat before i've seen enough ass beatings on this guy where you know some of them you know it's like well that makes sense i understand <laughs> i understand why you went after him so I, I don't remember what began the altercation and who cares. It doesn't matter anyway. But our really dangerous guy lunges at our hillbilly. And apparently, I guess the first thing that makes contact is that he puts his hand, puts the hillbilly's hand in his mouth and he bites down and sinks his incisors in where his ring finger meets the palm of his hand. <laughs> I totally know who you're talking about. Now you remember. <laughs> and the responding staff basically get to the patients at the same time, and one of us wrenches the other one away without making sure that the teeth 
are free disconnected so yeah so we basically like barked this poor guy's ring finger and i swear to god as soon as we hit the floor this hillbilly starts screaming he bit my goddamn ring finger off how the fuck am i supposed to get married now (laughs) totally legit that was his that was number one chief complaint yeah you didn't have to think about it it was just like oh my god my marital future's Com- been ruined. Completely unmarriable at this point. I love that guy. And, you know, he's he bounces back every once in a while. And he's always, you know, really pleasant and just completely psychotic when he comes in. He's I, wonderful. I love him. Yeah, he's great. I do remember that. You know, the same patient, same admission is sitting out of the smoking deck, minding his own business. And, and I don't know if you remember, it was a couple days later, it was Sunday morning. He's just outside, aloof as he is. He never really bothers anyone. No, just me. And this lady walks up to him and just slaps him straight in the face <laughs> for nothing. Like, he did nothing. had no input, no interaction with her. And he just looked at her like, what did I do? <laughs> and he, he'd done nothing. I mean, poor guy. What he did was he just looked so slappable. I think at that point he was an immediate target that was very very uh, the opportunity was there yeah might as well just slap him this poor guy he's got gauze wrapped around his ring finger where Uh, we tried to make sure he could take a wife i mean he's outside (laughs) and you could hear the slap from the inside it was like that square (laughs) that good square palm slap you know just that packing sound yeah right that poor baby. But I love him. Every time he comes in, he's you know he he has a difficult past and a difficult family situation, and uh, he certainly has some challenges. Uh, he's non-compliant when he leaves. He always comes in every time. Yeah, kind of distraught. Uh, his baseline's not not great. I mean, he's not gonna you know um, do any really high-level stuff, but he is functional when he's out there and he's taking his medicines. Right. Yeah, I really miss him. Not. Not that I want you to come back. But. I tell you what, I, I miss those glasses. He he has these almost horn-rimmed glasses with like it's it's like the bottles of coke, the bottoms of coke bottles it, are his are. lenses. He it, can't see anything. It's and like then, he's a scientist on some fifty show, <laughs> <laughs> and he's always getting them slapped off his face so he can't find them. So he's like Velma from Scooby Doo like, on the floor. My like glasses. Three layers of tape on there from the slappings. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Now he can't get married. No, can't. Well, yeah, from that bite, you know. <laughs> Poor baby. One time I did, um, uh, I, I got Jody. Um, so I'm, I'm a collector. I, I collect um, patient quotes. I've been doing it for better part of a decade now. We're up in the thousands. And um, sometimes you'll get a, a, a staff member who will make their way into the book. Oh, boy. Yeah. And one time I saw Jody just, God, poker face, just this awesome redirection. So what happened was we had this borderline defiant, ridiculous patient who was redirected by one of our staff members. And, well, she didn't like that. And she decided she wanted to pull rank. So she goes over to the nurse's station. Mr. Jody, I want you to sit down and talk to your tech because he's just swinging his dick around out here. And I swear, it's just like with the cadence of, of Jody telling the weather. It's like, listen, I can talk to the tech about all the cock swinging, but what about your behavior? <laughs> you know, that lady in particular, and I remember this patient, and 
she's kind of a, a celebrity as far as psych hospitals in this area goes. She kind of bounces back and forth. And I know that that particular admission where she'd come in, the circumstances were horrible. Yeah, they were. I mean, I, I don't even want to share on the show really how she came in and, and how we found her and uh, the circumstances surrounding that. But really, really psychotic. And, you know, two weeks in, leveled out on medications, which she responds to pretty well. She was still uh, telling me that she's going to make it rain really hard because she controls the weather. I remember that. Yeah. Because I I remember that was like your, I don't know, 700th day in a row. (laughs) And you had come in and you had decided that it was reality orientation. Reality orientation Sunday. And she said that. And you said that, that right there. That is why you're still here. You don't control Thoughts the weather. Thoughts like that. Because yeah. you think that you control the weather, but you don't. Unfortunately, Joe. Yeah. And it was like 115 degrees outside. I, like I a, wish you'd control yeah, the weather. Yeah. If you could control the weather, you're doing a pretty shitty job at it right now. Because <laughs> who, would, who would control it this way? Yeah. This is bad. Why is this a climate? <laughs> why would you do this? Who's swinging whose cock now? I don't think you ever pulled that tech aside and talked to him about swinging his cock around the day. No, there was redirection to that tech there about was, the cock swinging. Yeah, there was some. There was a written warning. Yeah, I, I don't know if I. It was. It was a strong verbal. It was a strong verbal. <laughs> Everything about that patient was strong verbal. That's for sure. So there's another patient that comes in from time to time. We've probably had him half a dozen times, and he's he's a local. Uh, he comes in. Generally, I, I think his last admission was we had just dis- discharged him about four or five days prior. We get a phone call. It's his mother, and she's talking about Oh, God. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know about Harry because Harry hadn't been taking his medicine. <laughs> well, ma'am, what, what do you think? I mean, how's he doing? Well, I, he's just running all around the yard, and he's swinging a machete. <laughs> Well, that sounds dangerous, ma'am. You know, what might be best is uh, if you don't feel safe driving him back up to the hospital, you could always just call the police. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, I understand. Wouldn't be his first rodeo. No, you know, he's on a first-name basis. They generally just pull up, you know, (laughs) and talk about fishing. Come on in, buddy. He gets in the (laughs) backseat. This particular patient has a fixation on rock collecting. He and who knows, but I can imagine his room is just full of buckets of rocks, and on every shelf and in every corner and every nook and cranny, he has all these rocks. I bet some of them are pretty cool. He showed me the, some of the rocks, and they just look like rocks. I just like only to the untrained eye. <laughs> But he's very, he's very, and he always tells me, hey, when I come home, when I get home, I'm going to send you some of them rocks. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. Here's my home address. Please, Hitler. Just <laughs> send the rocks. Yeah. <clears throat> but there was a, there was an interesting incident. We had a really large storm blow through um, in between his admissions. And a large hailstone came crashing through this guy's roof. Oh, my God. Of all the roofs. Listen, major conspiracy involved. I bet. He was admitted two days later. Because <laughs> <laughs> of a hailstone? A hailstone came through, but it, it apparently was no accident. Why would it be? Well, <laughs> apparently. And again, a, a, 
huge recurrent theme, aliens. <laughs> and, you know, there's some involvement there. And I'm not sure exactly how they're communicating with Larry, but it seems to be fairly frequently. Probably through the silverware. <laughs> you know, speaking of those buckets, uh, th- there was one time where he didn't make it to admission, <clears throat> but he made it to the parking lot. And he had one of those orange Home Depot buckets. Full of rocks. Full of rocks, Full yeah. Of and, yeah. And, and he's just pulled up underneath the awning in front of the front door, and now he's just going through these rocks and setting them out on the dash <laughs> on, the, on the door. And one of our security guys goes out there and he goes, of course, first name basis, hey, buddy, what you doing? I'm going through my rocks. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, listen, you can go through your rocks, you probably need to come inside and get checked out, but if you're not going to come inside, you're going to have to leave. So it throws a rock at him <laughs> and drives away. Probably one of the lower value rocks, though. Yeah, he was inpatient the next morning. <laughs> and True story. I, I enjoy when he comes to visit. I, I love him. He, he, you know, and really, it's, it's one of the only places that he can be safe. Uh, is in the hospital and he does well when he's there he doesn't program um he takes his meds you know he calls his mom 73 times a day yeah and direct express (laughs) he does do that (laughs) i almost had that number memorized working with the you know lower income population yeah if you don't memorize the direct express number you're gonna have a bad time with these guys they're gonna want it But it's it's just a huge variety of patients, and we we just have a ton of stories, and some of them are funnier than others. Um, we had one patient, and I know that you remember this guy. And I, all I have to do is this. You ready? Ah, uh, goddamn. Mm. You remember him? Yep. Tell me about it, Isaac. Okay, so this guy is basically Lenny from Of Mice and Men. You know, he's like. <clears throat> Uh, what do you think? Six four? Oh yeah, good six four. Two fifty, maybe three hundred. He's a big guy. He's big. Big. One eyeball looking at you, and one wall eyed all the way to the far right. The first time I saw this guy, creepy as shit. I'm going down doing checks on the, on the night shift. I never met him. I didn't know he's on the unit. And he'd been in bed, so I was counting res- respirations on him, and you know, just making sure he's there and breathing. But about 3.30 in the morning, I walked past his room, and he's standing in the corner. Christ. Doing his weird, really weird posture, and he's staring at the floor. And as I go by, he looks back at me straight out of a horror film. It's just super creepy. And I'm like, okay. Maybe All right. Go. Yeah, okay. Leather he remained face. there for, I don't know, five, till probably five. I mean, he stood in the same place, doing the same shit. Just creepy, creepy, creepy. Mm-hmm. We ended up having that patient, what, five, six weeks? Yeah, because it really deteriorated. It, you know, he wasn't really bothering anybody, and then I had a couple of days off, and I come back, and he's on a one-to-one. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, the uh, the other techs on my unit that day and for multiple days following were all these, like, 120-pound girls. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sit this guy's one-to-one because he's super violent and super strong. And he didn't mean anything by it. He's not targeting anybody. This just, you just happen to get in the way. And it was this really weird gray area uh, because you didn't want to be within arm's length (laughs) because that's when you were going to get caught. 
I remember the first couple of weeks, you know, I'm on the one-to-one and I'm walking down with them and it's, it's after dinner and it's not even dark outside. Summer is kind of hot. And, um, I'm walking with them and there was another tech that doesn't work anymore. She's coming down the hall with me and he kind of starts getting grabby and, you know, kind of just tactile with other patients and like, Hey, you know, Tommy, Tommy, don't, don't touch, you know? And he breaks off into the straight, like when some of the other techs and personnel came down, it's like this Bruce Lee movie, and he's doing these slow motion kung fu things, and he's like, and he's making all these movements, and it's just, it, it was great. Oh my god, he was so huge, and it was like, if you, if you got too far away from him, he would try and jam his fingers or his lips into the <laughs> the, sockets. the sockets on the floor. <laughs> And then when you ran in to intervene from him electrocuting himself, that's when he would grab you by the back of the head and blacken both of your eyes. You remember how I looked after oh, sitting on that yeah. one-to-one after after like a week? I just had like clumps all over my head because it was just, it's like, look, your job is just to get the piss beaten out of you <laughs> by this poor guy. And then, then he would like get on all fours and try and suck the electricity out of the socket in the floor. We had to, we had to cover all of the, all of the outlets on the unit because of him. He tried to burn his lips off on the, on the smoke yeah, deck. Smoky I do remember that. Nighter. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. One time he just randomly grabbed one of the other patients, both hands right around the throat and I went in and I released the the throat grab and then he grabbed me by the throat with one hand and then squeezed and I swear to God his fingertips and his thumb met at my vertebrae (laughs) and he picked me up off the floor and he shook me (laughs) I remember that I never wanted to go home so bad my favorite thing I walked up behind one patient they just gotten a chocolate milk and just full on, just swung his arm around and smashed it like it was a bug on the table, and just chocolate milk <laughs> shot out everywhere. everywhere. And just shock looking all these patients, like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's really sad with him is that obviously he was pretty severely IDD, and once we got you know family members on the phone and whatever, he had done prison time. Did you know that? Yeah, you know, and because I mean, he he held up a convenience store with a super soaker. Well, he he was a TBI patient. Yeah, had a long history, and he'd been on Clausero. He was on Clausero when he was was with. with That's us. how you know, man. That's how you know. So if we're all the way down to Clausero, and you know you've been on it for some time, which. For you guys out there that don't know, that's like the very last resort of antipsychotic medications. Yeah, if Clausero is not going to work, I'm sorry, buddy. Really wasn't working on him. Nope. But. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, I, I guess after just being there for so long, he ended up forming relationships with many of us that spent a lot of time with him, certainly the one-to-ones. Oh, God. And you know, he was really a sweet guy. You know, it, it, it gave me a lot of sadness because it was like this harrowing statement about the, the you know, healthcare system and the, and the criminal justice system is that this person that we're describing to you, at some point, a DA and a judge looked at him and said... Oh, he tried to rob a convenience store. He belongs in prison. This guy who was probably naked with a IQ of 40, 40, yeah. not, not hyperbolizing. It was probably 40. And they were like, yes, this one is a criminal. Well, we should send him to prison. It was because it was the rifle super soaker. If he had had the pistol, 
If he if he had the two pistols, yeah, it would have been like oh, way well, different. Well, that's not going to kill anyone. <laughs> it's barely even going to just like wet the shirt. I yeah, mean. it's not. It's just a, a misting. But yeah, no, they sent him to prison. I'm glad he found his way to us so he could uh, beat the holy piss out of me for about eight days. Well, we did end up finding some really good long-term care for him. and We did? Yeah, we did. Okay, I couldn't we, remember how that went. I had a lot of blows to the head. <laughs> well, he's the guy that just pinged back and forth, and everybody kind of knew him. He'd been around you know, the system for a while, been in several hospitals. So when we got him, no one would accept him out. No, there were no placements. Would you accept him? <sighs> you know. It's like a bear. It, the guy that I knew in the last five or six days that we had, I would take. The guy that we knew in the Jeez. first 30 days. God, that one-to-one? I'm not sure whose ass he didn't kick. He was just kicking it was, it was everyone. I've never been picked up off the floor by my throat. I'm 6'1", yeah. you know, like I'm a buck 80. Like I'm, I'm lanky, but I'm tall. It, but it, he's tall enough to, like I was kicking my feet. Yeah, he was, And I wouldn't touch the ground. He was doing that really creepy, like... We would pull his pants down and wave his ass like <laughs> <laughs> just super inappropriate, just doing weird shit and he would laugh and do this little funny thing, but it was like I don't know, you just had to see this patient. It's it's not your average patient. I hope I never see him again. I you know, I hope that he's doing well. I, I hope, hope he's, he's in great. a good spot. I hope he's in some other hospital driving some other tech into the ground you like know, a bet, railroad spike. I bet he's not, though. I bet he got some long-term placement, which is where we sent him. God. <clears throat> and if that placement's holding, I bet he's formed relationships with, with those people. And I, I bet he does fine. I mean, he's, he was really, really a sweet guy in those He was really great. He, he was, was great. he could do no wrong in my eyes. Like, there was, I never held anything against him because his IQ is 40. Like, oh, he, what are you going to do with 40? He punched me right in the face, and I still love him. I mean, come on. He's great. It's right in the face. <laughs> and it's powerful, too. He was strong. God, he was yeah. big. This big, pale, freckly, just... It really was an oval. Yeah, those blue scrubs with his ass hanging out. Just the whole thing. You <laughs> that know. was his shape. If he had to pick a shape for this man, it was oval. Oval, yeah. Yep. That's what it was. Classic. So I don't know. You know, there's so many patients that come and go. And I'm going to... I'm going to come off the really funny stories for a second, and I'm going to tell you a story that I've been teasing for you for a while. And I'm I didn't waiting. want to. Well, okay, so I didn't want to tell Isaac the story because I really wanted to gauge his response because it's it's one of the most harrowing stories I've ever heard. Oh wow! From a patient that we've had, I admit it. I don't know three or four times. I know that I pulled him in one time, and um. He had just been on a huge methamphetamine binge. His blood pressure was like 220 over 112 or something ridiculous. You know, Love I'm, it. I'm thinking, like, well, you're a good candidate for a stroke right here in the back room of the hospital while I'm doing your vitals. Yeah, no kidding. On intake. Uh, he, he, that particular episode, he ended up bouncing around for a few days, made a request for discharge, got put on a hold, got denied, took him to court, made him, you know, got the whole um, OPC on him. He ended up jumping the fence and the courtyard and eloping a day before discharge it's like hey come back you forgot your keys (laughs) but this guy comes back into the hospital and this is really a fresh story it's been a couple weeks this is a guy i know oh you know him yeah okay i'll figure it out right i think you will well if i say that he he uh jumped over the courtyard fence and we were got it come back you forgot your keys 
<laughs> you forgot your keys. <laughs> we were going to discharge him. Yeah, I remember that yeah, day. Okay. We all just watched him run off into the, giving everybody the middle finger. And, we're like, yeah, all right. it's like, yeah, well, I guess you won that, that hand. Yeah, you showed them. <laughs> Taught us a lesson. So this guy comes back, and uh, you know, I know him, and we already have a, a good rapport, and he's out on the smoke deck, and I floated different units, but I'd, I knew he was in the hospital, and I went down to that unit and uh, kind of chatted with him for a second. I'm like, hey, you know, how's it going? How have things been? You know, still loving Journey Records and all the business. <laughs> you know, he's a big Journey fan. I think he was well, wearing this, isn't? no lie, I think he was wearing the same Guns N' Roses t-shirt that we discharged him in last time. Same one. Are we going to bring up Appetite for Destruction t-shirts two weeks in a row? I, I, by accident. Mm, I like it. Anyway, so I'm talking I'm talking to this guy. And it's like, so, you know, what's been up? And he lifts his t-shirt. He's like, look at this shit. It's like, okay. I can hear his voice. Right? I was like, so he has a great voice. He could just do awesome voiceovers. I mean, he'd be a, a great villain voice in any Disney movie. <laughs> it's like a Mark Hamill. <laughs> He's excellent. <laughs> And I was like, holy shit, man, what, you know, what happened? He's like, well, let me tell you the story. He's like, I, I took a bunch of my tofu off. There like, was your first mistake. I'm like, how many did you take? He's like, I don't know. All I had. All, <laughs> all of them. What did he take? Oh, it's Oprah Law. It's, oh a, my it's God. a beta blocker. Yeah. So it just drives you down, just flattens you out. And uh, so before he even finishes taking them all, somebody sees them, you know, and he just, takes another handful wait someone sees him like he's in public yeah, doing this no 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 he's he's a he's oh, a family okay. i see I they pictured, catch him i pictured him at kroger <laughs> well he takes the, he takes the rest of them yeah he, he gets them all in and so they throw him into the truck and take him to the local little hospital and uh so his blood pressure you know shit it's probably being 30 over 12 or some ridiculous number and uh the doctor is so sure that of what condition he's in and what he's done and how those pills are, those pills are probably going to metabolize. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, I, I, I really want you to pray. You're probably going to die. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you the story's bad. So uh, and this was a couple of weeks ago, this couple of weeks ago. Well, the, when he actually had the, this thing, happen, and you held this story out on me. I know. Well, it's, it's, son of a well I didn't know it. I didn't know it for a oh couple of weeks. So he's, uh, they got him on the table. They get him in the emergency Read him his room. last rights. Basically, they're, you know, they're like, listen, you know, you're going to die. The, the physician that's attending is so desperate, and he's considering what his options are to save this guy's life. The nurse is holding this guy's hand. The nurse is just tears running down her face because what they do to Harold is they make a huge incision in his stomach. And they go in at the hospital, and they they literally physically scrape the pills out. Because really, that procedure is less than what's about to happen in the next two to three minutes. To Jesus Christ! So he has a huge scar. The guy goes for SI, and he makes this huge mistake, and he gets on the table. And the intervention to save his life is so invasive they couldn't even sedate him so they just had to just go in he said he looked at he watched as they cut him and then he looked away and he looked up the nurse the nurse is holding his hand tears running down her face because she's pretty sure he's going to die too and this guy's standing on our smoke deck three weeks later telling me the story holy fuck worst intervention I've ever heard of but effective 
saved his life. But it's like so real in the moment of someone that really wants to go because metoprolol is not Benadryl, okay? No. You don't have to take much of that. And he's kind of had that in his past and made a few attempts, but he was pretty serious this time. So they just they just legit put a glove on and <sighs> they legit put a glove on, took a scalpel, opened him up right there while he was awake with local anesthetic and physically removed the pills. Jesus Christ, I've never even heard of that before. That's how desperate they were. They were, they were figuring, I might make a huge mess here and this may heal just horribly, but hey, he won't be a corpse. That's true. So that's the kind of stories you get to hear as well. And you hear a lot of funny ones and a lot of endearing ones and a lot of things that just make you laugh throughout the day or you, you bond with these patients and you really love them. But when you know a patient like that and you, you hear that story from the guy that it happened to. Jesus Christ. And he's just sitting there smoking probably a ligate. Wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Smoking a pell-mell cigarette. Hey, Pell come here. Those Jody, come look at this fucking scar. <laughs> look at this thing. <laughs> Love him. Wow, and he's probably had a positive attitude. But was he a complete prick to you too? No, no. Oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> I've always gotten along with him. You know, it's just um, I don't know. Sometimes you do those assessments, and you spend some time when you have some time on a shift, and you just see a patient bounce or bounce back, or you know, I've redirected from just destroying people because he's a scrapper too. He loves to fight. He he's really just does. Old school. And you just get into those things with them. You know, once you put somebody in a hold a couple of times or, you know, <laughs> they try to punch you in the face for whatever reason, yeah. you know, because he's, he really is reasonable. He's just got a horrible past and a horrible, you know, pattern of abuse. And a hair trigger. He does. You know, he, he's, I take, takes no shit. Zero. Zero shit. He does shit. not. That's one thing you could say about him. But if you give him space and respect him and you do all of those things where you're just an average human and and you have some things in common where he really feels like, you know, this guy's okay, then you're in. And um, I didn't have to say anything. I just walked into a conversation that we could have picked up on six months ago or six months from now. Is he good now? Well, you know. More or less? You know. Is he good for him? He's good for him. Okay. He is good for him. He's baseline. That's what we call that. We call that baseline. It's volatile for him. He's just got so He's much. He's got a lot going on. Yeah, so much going on internally, so much going on externally. His family's difficult. Um, relationships are all difficult. So I love that guy. I wish the best for him. I hope he gets it right this time. Jesus. That's one of the heaviest things I've heard in a long time. That's a heavy-ass story. Holy crap. Yeah. That chills, man. I know. So I'm going to follow that with a couple of quotes out of the book. All right. <clears throat> it was a cyclops with two eyes, so it was just a regular clops. <laughs> would that be a biclops? You would think. He didn't take it that far. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the patient was clutching his chest, and he says, this is the worst birthday ever. And I said to him, well, happy birthday, buddy. It's not my birthday. <laughs> It, it was it was someone's birthday. He's it was, it's the worst birthday ever. It just wasn't accurate. his own. Yeah, it doesn't have to be his. Yeah, I was uh, I was getting these guys lined up to go to the cafeteria one morning. You know, it, uh, I was trying to have it pretty low stem, so I told these guys, "All right, okay. When we get to the cafeteria, the first five minutes when we're in there is quiet time. Then we can chat with one another. But I'll cut you a deal. We do this quiet time, a little bit of it while we're walking to there. I'll shave off some of that quiet time in the." In the cafeteria, you know what I mean? Like, 
You give me something, I'll give you something. Sound like a deal? Yes, Mr. Isaac. All right, let's do it. Maybe we got three paces, and one of the kids goes, where did the moon go? And the kid in the back goes, the same place where you go where you don't shut the fuck up in line. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like a nine-year-old kid saying it to him. Oh, um, is a spoon a banana or milk? No. You know who said that? Mm -mm. Yours truly. That was you? That was me. I'm going to need some more explanation. I don't remember the context, but I do know that I put a star next to it, so I knew that I said it to somebody. <laughs> so, is a spoon a banana or milk? I don't know. I had I like I thought about it for about 45 minutes last night. I can't recover that memory. I, don't. I wish I could have a recording of that. Like, did you inflect any of those words? Like, did you say moon? I don't know. We need to go and find this kid. I need the audio on We need, to, tra- yeah, <laughs> we need right. to track him down. I need a first-hand account. Here's one. When I get old enough, I'm tattooing Hitler on my chest just in case he turns out to be my cousin or something. <laughs> what are the chances? I mean, it's not zero. It's, not, it's absolutely not zero. Yeah. And then one of them, and, and God rest her soul, she's not with us anymore. But one time she told me to quit aardvarking around. Well, were you aardvarking, guys? Undoubtedly. I usually, if I'm awake, I'm aardvarking around. <laughs> in, in some fashion. You know what I know about the behavior of aardvarks? What? Nothing. So? So anything that I could have been doing could possibly have been aardvark behavior. Could have been interpreted as such. Because I don't know anything about aardvarks. I don't even know what color they are. That's your homework for this week. I, I know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Aardvarks, I got zero aardvark packs on you right now. So are those, do they eat ants? or? I think those are ant eaters. They look like aardvarks, though. Are aardvarks anteaters, and we just call them anteaters maybe in the as same a shorthand? Family. Does anybody in the room know anything about aardvarks? No. We don't even... Just, Tommy, can you look that up for us? Tommy, get on that with the aardvarks. What do they even look like? Um, I can't wait till you fuck my dad. Was this another Isaac quote? <laughs> no, it was a patient, <laughs> it's a patient screaming it at me. Oh. Yeah. What do we got here? We got the... Oh, and I can remember it, so I'm going to try and say it like the patient. Well, you got Connie fucking Chung up there fucking the counter like she owns a goddamn place. Yeah, that fucking Connie Chung, though. She did do that. I saw her. You know, we got an APAL and Connie Chung. <laughs> She's still alive. Connie Chung would go to a higher class hospital. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, would. she would not have been where we were. No. That's for sure. Still cognizant enough to, to realize. Last time I heard this song, I was drinking pecani sauce from a bowl. Hmm. What song do you listen to when you drink pecani sauce from a bowl? Freebird. Paradise City? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Some like it hot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just... Throwing it out there. Uh, probably something by Five Finger Death Punch. Ugh. You just drink pecani sauce. And it's like the it's like the chunky kind. It's not like the runny one. Oh yeah. It's like the chunky with the like the cilantro whole leaves in the it. Whole leaves. It's bad. Okay. Uh, I do remember this really complicated patient. He 
He was one of the very few, probably less than 10 patients in this whole almost decade I've been doing this. He caused me to lose my temper. I had to walk away from him. Not over this. This was hysterical. But he, he, was, he got underneath my skin. He was awful. He was just like super abusive to the other patients and like, like sexually misogynistic. And he was like super rapey with his threats. And that shit does not fly with me. I don't, I don't like it. Especially we had all these people that have come in there victimized and, you know. Yeah. And, and he knew that, and that's how he knew it was just, like, fair game for him. It was, Give us the quote. <clears throat> I woke him up to get his vitals so at, like, 6.45 in the morning. I said, oh, shit. I was having a dream where I was watching VR porn, and then I woke up in a psych hospital, and that's how hard my life is right now, man. True. Been there. Been there. <laughs> we've all, we've all been there. <clears throat> all right. It's like Chris Christopherson, except female. Who said that? Oh. You did. I, I said that? You did. God damn it. You did. Wow. You, I, you were trying I, to explain the name of a therapist to somebody, and they were like, who is Chris? Oh. And you said, oh, it's like Chris Christopherson, except female. And I immediately, on the other side of the nurse station counter, that's going in the book. Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it. And then this other one that I have written down is, uh, okay, now I can remember this guy's name, so I'm going to try and draw up his voice. In the 12th grade, I took the federal aviation exam, so I think I know a thing or two about Bolivia, asshole. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> he does know a lot about Bolivia, though. You know, more than I expected. I, I Shocking. <laughs> no, he was really smart about it. I didn't retain any of the knowledge from Bolivia that he uh, that he bestowed upon. I don't know if he did like a like an eighth grade term paper on Bolivia or what the. It was, was a federal aviation exam. He said it right there in the quote, man. He shouted it at yeah, me. Yeah, but like he knew shit about Bolivia that you shouldn't know. Like, I don't know what that was about. Like he'd done some research. I mean, you gun to my head, you hand me a map of South America, tell me to find Bolivia. I'm lost. You're gonna shoot me. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm totally pointing at Columbia. Like, is this it? Is this is this it? Please God, I've got children. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I don't really have the quote written down, but I, I memorized it pretty much. It was a little, kind of a long conversation, but it ended up with uh, a lady that we're trying to find placement for. She's not gonna discharge successfully. She's not functional. She had been hopping from hotel to hotel, uh, living with a family member, and they were getting in all kinds of trouble. She was using... Um, do I know her? You do. Okay. She was staying at every meth western available, <laughs> you know, just those real seedy hotels where, you know, there's a lot of drug abuse. When you do, on your 10th stay, they do the little punch card thing, you get an Italian BMT. Right. It's good. It's the 12 inch, not the 6 inch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, those kind of hotels where you're pretty sure there's been a dead hooker in your bathtub at With, some point. Within the last week. <laughs> yeah. I, and she explained to me, and I, I never forget, but her demands, and they were demands for discharge, is that she wanted a backpack filled with certain items that I could order off Amazon. But she wanted to be discharged to Porter Wagner's trailer. Who's Porter Wagner? Don't fuck with me about Porter Wagner. Oh, that's a sore subject. You don't know who Porter Wagner is? No. No, he's like this old 70s country music star. He has his own TV show. I'm not that old. Is it? Am I old? Well, I mean... Dolly. Just, okay, do you know who Dolly Parton is? Jesus, Jody. 
I'm just asking. You don't know. Who I know. Porter Wagner. I don't. I don't know. It didn't ring a bell. Okay, so Porter Wagner wore these ridiculous post-apocalyptic Elvis jumpsuits. Oh, so kind of like a Buck Owens-looking guy. Oh, yeah, probably pre-Buck Owens, somewhere in the. I'm sure they knew each other. Well, you've got like 18 years of life on me. Suck it. <laughs> but. So, Porter Wagner was a fairly popular country music star, had his own show in the 70s, and she uh, apparently somewhere along her past probably watched it with her family and uh, wanted to be discharged to his trailer park. Where is that? I don't know that he has one. Where did she say it was? Tennessee. And You know, honestly, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, if it's anywhere, it's in Tennessee. It's Nashville. Uh, we looked. We couldn't find him. You really did. <laughs> Probably looked. I just Does he start. own one? Does he got stock in an RV park somewhere? If, okay, so if Porter Wagner owned a trailer park in Tennessee, he'd be like 130 years old right now, probably. I don't know. He was old when I knew him. So I didn't know him. <laughs> just watched the show. What were the items from Amazon? Her, she wanted a backpack, specifically a like a bangled backpack with unicorn stuff on it. Lots of glitter was involved. Lisa Frank business going on. <sighs> Probably worse than that. I, it, it, the demand list was long. It was most of it was achievable. I did convince her that some of it was on back order. Was going to be available for discharge. <laughs> this COVID nineteen, everything has slowed <laughs> down the shipping process. It's ruining everything. Damn bureaucrats. Yeah. See, that, see, that's an interesting redirection, guys. Because now it's not you versus me. Now it's me and you versus the situation. Versus Amazon. Yeah. Versus Amazon, right. and really honest to god that's kind of what it is in real life it's like you know we can get some of these items and i certainly understand um but be aware that some of these things may not be here by monday god sorry <laughs> uh tracking has not updated no so i want to i i, I want to close out uh where jody and i can both talk about this patient that probably changed our lives uh, last Christmas, we're going to call him Ralph. Ralph was the first time I had ever seen a three to one and not a one to one. Oh, Ralph. Ralph. I love him. So we didn't know what in the hell was going on with Ralph. We get this guy that comes in. He's, uh, late thirties, I think. Probably. That seems right. Um, and I think that... Uh, I think what had happened is he was at work. I'm not going to say where he works because I don't want to narrow down you know, who he is or anything. But he's at work and he's functioning. And then suddenly he's at work naked in the parking lot. Yep. Boom. I, I no previous that. psych history. None. Zero. None at all. No medications, None. no hospitalizations. So he comes to see us. And uh, we start to understand that he is a pretty well-trained combat veteran yeah. based on two things. One, information that we get from Ralph's family. And two, some of these devastating moves he's performing on us as staff <laughs> this is like amateur hour I, we look dumb oh my god i have never been struck like that in my whole life and he, he was strong he was so unpredictable that it wasn't it obviously it wasn't written as an order that three staff for one patient but it began 
after about the second or third day that we need three staff on this guy at all times. And it stayed like that for, I don't know, time is dilated. How many weeks did we have him like that? Well, I think that Ralph's entire stay with us was about six weeks, which is way over average um, for the stay in a a facility like ours. Um, And, you know, his psychosis was just, it was just, I don't know, it was just different than than any I'd ever seen with other patients. It was just, there's something, uh, there was a quality about it. It was so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. He was so fast and so labile. And the, the way that his mood would shift between this, he's rubbing your face and he's, he's super nice and he's totally redirectable to this sprinting down the hall, smashing into the door, smashing everyone on the way. Mm, cracking your ribs with you, these really like highly trained, yeah. I know exactly where to hit you to make you double over and not be able to breathe because he's a trained killer. So much. Yeah. Like literally a trained killer. And oh God, he woke up out of a sound sleep one day. I was sitting on his one-to-one. I was sitting in a chair at the foot of his bed and my mistake, I dropped my guard because he's snoring and he just sits straight up, probably out of a PTSD nightmare from overseas. And he just sprints down the hall. And I went, oh, shit. And I start running after him because Lord knows where Ralph is going to take us. Right. Maybe through the door. Maybe. And know. he runs into this other female patient's room and starts to grab her and drag her out of the bed by the by the feet. And in retrospect, I think... He thought he was saving her from something. He was having some kind of flashback. I don't know. And I tried to stop him. That made me the enemy. Uh, One of our noses got busted. I don't remember which, but I do remember that there's a lot of blood. I had this newer staff run into the room too, and he's just like frozen in place. And I'm like having to give him dog commands while I'm trying to (laughs) hang on to Ralph. And then Ralph just like draws his, his knee up almost all the way to his chest and drives his heel down into the top of my foot. I swear to God. Like, I had to miss work for a couple of days because I couldn't walk on my foot. You remember I that? remember. It you was like living. purple, and yeah. like there was all those foot bones in there were just... I went and got an x-ray. He, your toes were like... I don't know what kind of mess that was. I couldn't even tell which toe was which. <laughs> it, looked, going on. it looked pretty bad. I never showed my boss, but I, I do remember showing you. Like, it was... There was some... Uh, toes shouldn't go in an X. No. I don't think there was. And there like, were colors there. It was like this really, I don't know, it was this great color palette yeah. for your foot. I remember I remember uh, that I was at urgent care and they came back with the x-ray and they were like, okay, he didn't actually break any bones and we are not sure how. But he didn't, he didn't manage to not damage any soft tissue in your foot. It's all damaged. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, all this, just... This, the soft tissue, on yeah. the other hand, it's like you've got some bleeding in there. There was like, you know how like you get those bruises after a couple of days where it's like it's it's white in the middle and it fades to blue and then black on the outside. Yeah, it yellow was all around this all, big halo. It's all the nasty. way up to the heel. And it was like I never even, oh my God, he got my foot so bad. I've never been, it, it felt like a Home Alone move, but he, oh my God. Had yeah. he had shoes on? Can you oh, imagine? Yeah. Well, you know, and <laughs> that was kind of his thing was this paper scrubs and barefoot all the time. And, um, I mean, you know, that guy was just, 
after about the second or third week, he began to, the violence kind of subsided, but he was always on edge and you always anticipated. Like I was just, on edge. Yeah, he could snap at any second. But I remember a lot of times just holding his hand and just walking down the halls and just having these conversations where he'd come in and out of this really lucid state where he could just have really clear conversations. And uh, he might nap for 30 seconds and wake up a completely different person. Yeah, and I remember one time he, uh, well, I saw him naked a lot. <laughs> we had this gentleman in seclusion a lot. I remember that sometimes the only thing that could calm him down was to lock him in seclusion and play country music while he was naked and crying. That and RC Cola. RC, and, and Moon Pies. I know. That's what it was. Dude, we could RC Cola those. and Moon Pies. And he would totally Like, chill. I know we had this policy about outside food and drinks, but I was like, if somebody doesn't go get this motherfucker in RC Cola, <laughs> somebody's going to die. Yeah, there was some, there was some real bending for, for yeah, her. You know. I, I, dude, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names, but. Ralph some, had a couple moon pies. You did have some moon pies on the you know. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But there was one time. And you know what? Huh. None of the other patients said shit. No, I'm not getting moon pies for everybody. Fuck you. No, I'm saying they they watch him eat them and they're like, oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? Try and go over there and get one? Yeah. I'm going to yeah, argue get, that. Get my know. collarbone bent 90 degrees upwards? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got him and he's in the shower. Of course, no shower curtain. He's ripped those down days ago. And just as clear as a bell... He sticks his head out while he's, you know, washing his armpits and genitalia like you do, holding a he did direct a eye bigger. contact. Yeah, he had a little more vigor than, than the yeah, average, Yeah, he's though. just making direct eye contact yeah. with me, and uh, he's like, you know why I'm like this, right? It's like, no, Ralph, I don't. Tell me. We're scratching our heads here. We're like a week and a half in. Uh, IED. It's a roadside bomb inside of a dead dog. He told that story probably a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. story. He said his detail. his battalion or whatever you call it drove by a, a, a dead dog on the side of the road. Uh, I want to say Kandahar. Yeah, I think is what he said. And it blew up, and he flew off of the back of the truck and got a TBI, and none of his symptoms activated until what? Oh, Fif- fifteen years later, yeah. he's just at work one day, and all of a sudden, the right metabolism goes into effect the right you know sneeze the right bump my head when i'm getting in the car something yeah we're talking about a really high function guy i mean this wasn't a guy that was just like getting up and going to work i mean you're talking about an executive level guy that guys working underneath him he was running an operation he was super uh successful he'd learned a lot in the military a little leadership uh, ability he was he was great he was a great guy and to see him at that level where, I mean, some of his coworkers were even coming in going, what is this? We're like, man, we don't, we don't know. You know, we, we got him like this. He slammed my boss and, into the wall. Yeah, in fact, we got him worse than this. That's a fun day. It was. He was terrible. He was so memorable. That was the worst Christmas pageant ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had everyone's full attention. Yeah. Is that I, I I remember uh there was during that time uh we had another patient who was who was uh naked and in his floor and he was masturbating with one hand 
and punching himself in the face <laughs> with the other. I totally remember that. And guy. I was trying to calm him down by playing Kenny G's instrumental Christmas music. I think that just made it so sexier. My, though. my other tech came in and he comes in and sees this guy masturbating and punched himself in the face. And I'm just standing over him playing Christmas music. And he goes, I'll leave you guys to it. Carry on. I, I still remember that particular yeah. patient. I remember that particular day. <laughs> and that was just, you just, you know, like we said before, you work in the psych hospital intentionally after a few days. You may yeah. have stepped into it accidentally, but you stay intentionally. And these experiences are just, it's just a human condition. I mean, they just stick with you forever and it, it goes into making up, you know, to some degree who you are. So I love it. I know Isaac, you love it. I do. You know, when they, when they come up and they've got their demands from amazon.com and yeah. it's all of these crazy things, they need a biplane and, and jet fuel <laughs> and God bless you. You know, you love them and you go down to their property and you go check to see what they have. And it turns out all she had was a pair of panties and a bank statement. I that happened. That. Yeah, I saw a guy that had a wallet full of credit cards that he'd drawn. Just, <laughs> he just, he's like, well, just total bullshit. He just drew them all. When I, when yeah, I, I love it. when I came back to the unit with the news that, sorry, all she had with her was a pair of panties and a bank statement. One of the people in the nurses station just goes, "Well, what else do you need?" Oh well, you know, covering the basics. I mean, really, you need to know where you're at financially, and you need to cover your ass. Perfect. <laughs> I mean done it's Maslow's hierarchy that's on the bottom yeah. panties and bank statements first, it's on first, the bottom of that triangle first two steps covered <laughs> thank you Maslow well again I guess this is probably um, a little less science than last week and it's been a fun episode a lot I, less yeah you know, a lot less science I don't even know if we had science here say something sciencey. Uh, no I don't have it degenerate neutrons Thank you. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. It sure is. There you go. Enough science for the week. But again, we're going to end the show with uh, what we're probably going to end the show with every single time is if there's anyone out there that's experiencing any difficulty and you feel like you're maybe running out of choices and you're running out of time and you don't know what you're going to do, I want you to reach out to some people that will listen to every word you have to say. It's the National Suicide Hotline. You can call one 800 273 8255 and they'll generally pick up on the first ring and they'll listen to everything you want to tell them no matter how long or how involved it gets and they can provide valuable resources to try to help you get pointed in the right direction so that you don't make some bad choices I like it I love it those good those are good people yeah everyone just uh, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll be posting again uh, like we always do on Monday so thanks for listening have some Pantera Dun-dun. <laughs>